the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God will never abandon you. He will never, ever forsake you. He will never stop walking with you. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. We're going to be in Exodus 37 to 40. I entitled this message, Attention to Details. You know, in this day and age, you know, we all like to to see things. We like to see the outrageous, over-the-top, things that make us stop and, and take notice. That's why there are so many of these little TikTok videos out there, videos of everything under the sun that grab our attention from the crazy to the unbelievable. You know, some of them are just rare instances that were caught or captured on video, like close calls where people will miss some car wreck by an inch or miss being yeah, hit by a, a falling object by just a hair. And then there's all these unbelievable crazy stunts, you know, like some guy tossing a basketball off the roof of a building and and it goes through a hoop that's 10 floors down, you know. Now, it might have taken him 1,200 times <laughs> to, to film that, but when we see it, it was like he just did it the first time. And then there's uh, the details of buildings, you know, that are filled with great items of, of, of expensive worth, you know, like the Metropolitan Art Museum and New York City. It's full of details and what have you. And what about the detail that's in some of the things that have been created, like at Mount Rushmore, you know, where they carved four presidents' heads into the side of a mountain uh, right outside of Rapid City, South Dakota. Yeah, I remember the first time I had been there and seen, you know, Mount Rushmore. I just remember seeing, uh, my wife was in there, I'm like, my wife has got to see this. This is really awesome. And then years later, I was able to take her back. And then we were doing a harvest crusade at one point in Rapid City, South Dakota. And we were out sharing Christ and leading people to Christ on the streets. And the chief of police really got, uh, I got to know him and he really liked me and what we were doing is sharing Christ on the street. And he asked me one day when we were up there, he goes, hey, would you like to go to the top and stand on the head of George Washington at Mount Rushmore? And I'm like, yeah, let me think about that. Yes. Yes, I would. (laughs) Okay. And so he goes, well, I happen to know the guy that's in charge of all the parks because they don't let anybody up there. And uh, and so he got us up there. And, and, you know, it's not like you take a car up there and drive up there and get out and walk up and stand on top of his head. No, you got a billy goat up the side of the mountain. (laughs) And then you get up there and you walk behind the thing and then come up behind it and and what have you. And, And they don't allow anyone up there. It's just this whole off limits. And 
I remember I was up there with our SWAT team, the students with the testimony, and later on that day, there was a big donor that was helping us put on the, the Harvest Crusade, and he had our whole team over for a barbecue at his house, and he goes, oh, so what'd you guys do today? Oh, this is awesome. We went up to the top and stood on top of George Washington, and he goes, oh, yeah, I've lived here for 30 years. They don't let you do that, and I'm like going, no, no, we were like up there, and he's like, no, they... No, no one's allowed up. That's restricted area. I mean, I've been here. I've tried to do that my, myself. You, you can't do it. And as I pulled up my phone, look at this. Okay. <laughs> so, so anyway, well, so, so much for that. But, uh, but speaking of details, nobody is better at making things, you know, that cause us to stop and wonder than the creator of the universe, like the beauty of a sunrise or a stunning sunset. It's easy to be mesmerized when you're out in the middle of the desert and you, you look up to the sky and see so many stars that they can't even be counted. It could be an incredible waterfall that you see or a range of majestic mountains. You know, when we went to uh, Yellowstone a few years ago, we stayed at the, at the base of the Grand Tetons. And, and, and every morning and every night, if you were in the right place, you'd see hundreds of elk would come out of the mountains and they would feed there in the valley. Me and my son would would drive up every night and we'd just go on this one little back road and there'd be elk just coming across everywhere. It's crazy. Uh, And then, of course, you know, you would drive around and you would see buffalo grazing almost everywhere. One morning we were driving and there was three moose feeding off the side of the road. It was just amazing. And then there was the forest that I stopped at that's just north of Rotorua on the north island of, you know, New Zealand. And it's just this forest that's so crazy because you know we're used to seeing forests like here in California you go up north and you see these beautiful forests and then of course you know those of us that have traveled into the more tropics like Hawaii and things like that and Tahiti you know you have that whole different kind of landscape that's in the islands well here in Rotorua north of that this forest I stopped and it was like a perfect mixture of northern California forest with fern leaves and palm trees of like Hawaii And you're like, you're seeing stuff you've seen before, but you've never seen them together. And uh, that's what it was like there. So I was like, wow, this is just unbelievable here. And of course, we could talk about the wonders of the earth that God created for a long time. Because God is the one that gave it all of its glory. Yes, nobody is more into details than the Lord God himself. But here in this life, people will judge what is the best from all the things that we see from what man makes. I mean, people will judge custom cars to favorite vacation spots. Uh, And there are awards, you know, they give awards for the best of everything, from movies to music, from burritos to microwaves. But what makes one product better than another? What, how do you get ratings? We're the number one or whatever. Well, it all comes back to the details. And that's the whole point of this opening here is it comes back to details. That will be the determining factor on who wins an award or what have you, who takes home the trophy or who gets the title of first place. Yes, details matter. That's why it's so important for us as Christians to pay attention to the details, to do things right the first time. For we should do everything we do as unto the Lord. And that will always prove to be the best way. And that, whatever it is, will always last the longest. Yet in this day and age, that doesn't always happen. For many times, things are rushed. And as you know, quality is sacrificed. And the best plan can be passed by for an easier plan. 
That again is why the Bible says in Colossians 3.17, talking to us and whatever you do. Now, who's the you? God's talking to his people. So you as a Christian, you as the son or the daughter of the Lord, whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him through God the Father. So whatever you do, you shouldn't be cutting corners. You shouldn't be taking shortcuts. You should do things right for everything you do. As we finish our study through the book of Exodus, and it's been a total roller coaster, as you know, for the people of Israel. Not because God wavered in his plan for them, but rather it's quite the opposite. It was their lack of faith. It was their weaknesses to believe. Yes, we have watched God's people go from the perils of literally being born and raised in slavery to being set free by God. Now, obviously, God's people were free first, you know, before they went and got into slavery in Egypt, you know, and how did they get there? Well, as you remember, you have to go all the way back to Genesis, but there was a severe drought that hit the land over 400 years earlier, yet God had a plan for his great-grandson of Abraham. Of course, his great-grandson of Abraham was Joseph who was sitting in an Egyptian prison for a crime that he did not commit. And again, you know the story. Because of jealousy and envy, this teenager, who is the son of Jacob, was sold by his older brothers to slave traders. Now, why would they do that? Because their father, Jacob, he loved and favored Joseph over his older brothers. That's what led to the jealousy of this young man. Yet even though Joseph was forsaken, even though Joseph was abandoned by his own brothers, those who were supposed to have loved and protected him, God never, ever left or forgot about Joseph. I wonder if there's anyone here today that has been let down by others. Maybe you've been let down by family members. Maybe you've been let down by a good friend. But know this, God will never, ever abandon you. He will never, ever forsake you. He will never stop walking with you. Plus, he has given to us an open door that we can approach him. Whenever we need to talk to him, we certainly can. Yes, God loves us and he cares about us. But if you find yourself filled with heartache and pain, if your soul is in a state of unrest, I must ask you a question. Do you wish to be well? And you think, you know, like, well, that's an easy question. Yes, of course. I don't want pain in my life. I don't want suffering in my life. But do you remember the man that was at the pool of Bethesda? You know, he had been paralyzed, couldn't walk, you know, for, you know, just like decades, decades upon decades. And Jesus asked him, do you wish to be well? Like, like what kind of a question is that? You know, like, do you think I'd like sitting here not being able to walk? Do you think I'd like being in this place where I can't, you know, fend for myself and, and support myself? Of course I want to be well. And, but when you think about that question, it's like, well, wait a minute. Maybe it's not that crazy of a question in the first place. Because when Jesus asks us, do you wish to be well? What he's asking you is, are you willing to turn from your current lifestyle to better yourself with me? 
So now all of a sudden, we're getting deeper now because everyone wants the blessings of God. Everyone wants to have wonderfulness fill their life. But if we're doing things that are contrary to what God would have us to do, that will halt, that will separate, that will sever those blessings from our life. So now we go back and ask the question again, do you wish to be well? So really what God's asking in that is, do you want to be well enough to forsake these things that are holding you back, these things that are severing my relationship with you? So now all of a sudden, it's a whole different question. So what you're saying then is, do I want to be well enough to get rid of the things that I shouldn't be doing in my life to have God's blessing in my life? Yes, that's the question. So again, do you wish to be well? And if you do, then you have to be willing to get right with the Lord. You have to be willing to walk with him. You have to be willing to do and live the way he desires us to live. For Jesus said that he is the good shepherd. And if we are going to call him our shepherd, then we must be willing to follow him as sheep. This wise person named Caroline, I got that from her from the Wednesday, from the Tuesday night Bible study. I stole that from you, Caroline. What a great quote. Anyway, but getting back to God's people, God had walked with Joseph through all of his horrendous trials, being sold into slavery from his own brothers. False accusations were put into uh, just, you know, made him uh, and, and allowed him to be put into prison. You remember what happened to Joseph? Remember, he was working for a man named Potiphar, and uh, he was a rich Egyptian, and he was sold as a slave to him, but he worked his way up, and he became the ruler of the house, and he was doing everything, and, and Potiphar was prospering because of him. Well, you know, we're not given all the details, but it appears that Potiphar's wife, he is, you know, probably this rich old guy, and he, you know, married a young bling bling, you know, beautiful wife, and what have you, and she saw Joseph, and the Bible says that Joseph was handsome and, and built and strong, and so he was basically your GQ stud muffin, you know. So anyway, she came to him and said, you know, here, lie with me. Every day she would come to here, come lie with me, have sex with me, you know, and let's have a relationship. All this, my old goat husband, he won't know. He's off to work, you know, it'll just be between me and you. And every day he put her off and put her off. Well, one day he comes into work and she sent all the other employees home early for the day. So the house was empty and he's walking. They're like, what's going on? And she grabs him and pulls his clothes off and says, but at least she was uh, brutally honest with what she wanted. But it's like, you know, Joseph looked at her and says, how can I do this evil and sin against my God? And he turned and he ran. He ran out naked. Well, of course, she was humiliated because he turned down her offers. And so when her husband came home, he says, he tried to attack me. He tried to force himself on me. Look, I have his clothes in my hand. And so she lied and he was put into a prison again for a crime he did not commit. And there he sat rotting in that prison for over 10 years. Then when it all looked lost, when nobody else cared, God intervened and Joseph found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And because of that, 
Joseph found favor in Pharaoh's sight. How did he become, uh, you know, close with Pharaoh? How did he find favor in Pharaoh's sight? Well, Pharaoh had this outrageously crazy dream that just gave him the willies. You ever had a nightmare that just gave you the willies? Like, uh, excuse me, that didn't happen. It was just a dream. But yet you're shook up by it. I mean, you're like, you wake up and you're just like beside yourself. It's like, uh, again, that didn't happen. It was just a dream. But sometimes you can have a nightmare and it just gives you the willies. And this is exactly what happened to Pharaoh. So he brings all of his magicians and soothsayers and fortune tellers and he says, come and tell me this dream. And, and it's like, what does it mean? And they, they were just clueless. They had no idea. Like, I, I don't know what it means. We don't know what it means. And so then all of a sudden, one of his servants who was in prison for a crime he didn't commit said, you know, two years ago, I was in prison and this kid in there told me this dream that I had, and it came to pass a couple days later. He goes, really? Go get him for me. So they get Joseph, they give him a bath, give him a shave, you know, what have you, get some new clothes put on. They bring him before Pharaoh, the most powerful man on the earth. Again, Egypt was a world ruling empire at this time. So here's Joseph, who's been sitting in prison for over 10 years, and all of a sudden, now he's standing before the most powerful man on planet Earth. And he says, I hear you can tell dreams. And he says, I can't do anything, but my God can do everything. And by the way, my God has told me what your dream was. So he didn't even tell him the dream. And he just says, you had a dream. And there was these seven fat cows and they were grazing and everything was great and then all of a sudden out of the Nile River walks up seven skinny just ugly cows that hadn't eaten they were starving to death and those seven cows came up and ate the seven fat cows what the Lord is trying to tell you is there's going to be seven years of plenty there's going to be so much food that you're not going to know what to do with it and at the end of that seven years is going to become one of the greatest droughts that's ever happened on planet earth and it's going to eat up everything from the seven years earlier and it's going to be devastating he says what you need to do is you need to get someone who can manage all of your cares for the next seven years because when those seven years of famine come it's going to be devastating and pharaoh's like oh my goodness that's exactly it i know it i need to raise someone up who should i raise up to do such a great job how about let me think uh you since you know and your god knows and he raised up joseph as the second most powerful man only to him in all of egypt wow now that led joseph to becoming that man second most powerful man in the world governing empire of egypt God allowed, it was like a decade later, he God allowed a reuniting and a restoration with his own family because there was no food in all the land. So Jacob had to send his older sons. Now remember, his older sons are the ones that sold Joseph to be a slave. They told their father, yeah, the poor kid got ate by a lion. It was ugly. Just ate them all up. They had killed a goat and they had taken his jacket that his dad specially made for Joseph, a coat of many colors, and he dipped it in blood. And they said, is this your son's jacket? Yes, that's the one I made for him. He was covered all with goat blood. It's like, he was eaten by a lion. (laughs) You know, okay, so, so his dad thinks Joseph's been dead all this time. Well, he sends the sons down to Egypt because it had been said there's food in Egypt. 
Well, why was there food in Egypt? Because all those first seven years that the land was producing 10 times more food than they needed, Joseph built great silos that held all this food. So he stored it up for seven years. So when the famine came, he had all kinds of food. And so now here it is, we're into the famine a few years, maybe halfway into the famine. There's no food anywhere in the known world at that point. So uh, Jacob sends his older sons down to buy food. And of course, you know, through a series of events that reunites Joseph with his brothers, with his father, and all of those things. And Joseph had the whole family move down to Egypt, put him in the land of Goshen, which is right next door to Egypt, and they gave him their own land. Yes, it was all part of God's plan to spare his people from the famine. But after Joseph died and Pharaoh died, and maybe a couple more Pharaohs in there, who knows, a new Pharaoh took over, and that's when God's people were turned into slaves. Now the future of the 12 tribes of Israel was questionable. And it's like, yet again, in steps God for his people. Because God had made a promise originally to their great-grandfather, Abraham, in Genesis, to give him this land in which they still dwell today. Only what God gave them was much more than what we see Israel occupying here today. You know, and even the little that they have today is under attack Okay, so God had made a plan all this time. And all these other situations come up, but God's plan and his details never get thwarted. So God had already given all this land to Abraham. He promised it to him. Then he promised it again to Isaac. Then he promised it again to Jacob for the people of God to dwell in. And it's modern day Israel that we see today. You remember, you know, they lost their whole country to Rome in 70 AD. They were without a country for 1878 years. These are God's chosen people. Let's not forget what God had told to Abraham back in Genesis 12. I will bless those who bless Israel and I will curse those who curse them. Now, the United States was one of the ones that disagreed with that. Thank God for that. We're doing everything else wrong. As soon as we turn on back on Israel, it's even worse for us. But the fact is, here we are with the same problem today. But God always, always, always overrules everything. The Palestinians are saying, this is our land. Uh, Excuse me. It is not your land. In Genesis chapter 13, God gave it to Abraham and he promised it to his sons, all of that. And as we've seen here in our study through Exodus, God has delivered his people to do what? To give them that land that he had promised to their great grandfather, Abraham, as God raised up a leader in this man named Moses, a man that was set apart from his birth to be God's deliverer. I mean, nobody would have guessed Moses. I mean, no one would have guessed it, even to this day. I mean, like, I mean, this is the way that it all worked out. God is just so crazy in the way he works things out. As you know, Moses was born under the edict from Pharaoh that said this, every Hebrew male child that's born is to be killed at birth. Now, why did they do that? Because God's people were growing in numbers faster than the Egyptians were multiplying. And someone there in Egypt said, hey, you know what? These people here, man, they're starting to multiply so big. They're going to become so strong they could overtake us. 
we're going to do something with these people. So they turned them into slaves. And then they started killing all the male babies. The girls can be alive so they can scrub our toilets. Who knows? But it's like, but we're going to kill every one of the males. And it's like, when you come against God's people, you come against God. And that's just the way that it happens. So Moses should have been killed at birth. Every male child was to be killed. But Moses was put into a homemade little raft by his mother and floated down the Nile River and was found by the providence of God by Pharaoh's daughter who came to the Nile River to bathe. And it's like, oh, you know, this is so cute. I'm going to keep him for myself. And she takes him home and her dad pharaoh allowed it to happen so she raises this little baby with the help of a nursemaid who just happened to be moses mother and how did that happen by the providence of god but the bottom line is moses was now raised as an egyptian and he's raised in the palace and as you know moses grew up with the power and might and education of the egyptians who knows if they were grooming him to become the next pharaoh but the Bible says this in Hebrews eleven twenty four. Let me read. This is what it says. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you've been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, all one word, to 77977. You can also get via our app and online at corechurchla.org. Or you can mail your support to P.O. Box 34. 34- 789 Los Angeles, California 90034 Three-star general Michael J. Flynn Head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency Knew all the government's dirty secrets He was one of the most respected generals in the military Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to He understood its funding He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors This set off alarm bells The explosive new documentary Flynn Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.